And now, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. That's right. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rhymes. Brandon is out today. My name is James DeJerome. I'm one of the producers here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. I've been with Brandon about four years now. We're going to introduce you to the rest of the team. Jose back there on the radio side. He's our producer. And Jonathan, our TV producer, as well as our great sponsors and expert contributors. See, we are a consumer advocate program. The idea behind this is we're going to round up some folks, and they're going to come in here, take time out of their busy day, and inform us to give us some information, the knowledge that they have, to make your dollar go farther in the marketplace, whether it's in the areas of law or finance, uh, real estate. We have a lot of home services on the show. We certainly encourage you to check out the show every day at AM 860 at 4 p.m. We have a weekend broadcast as well on Sunday mornings on 102.5 FM. Of course, the show is on any smart TV owner's TV. All they have to do is search Binge TV Networks, and they can find the show that way. And again, our YouTube channel. Lots and lots of videos on our YouTube channel. Lots and lots of people spending time on there. I encourage you to check it out. Meet all the expert contributors and our sponsors, like Replenish IV Solutions, a longtime friend of the program and sponsor for the Consumer Quarterback Show. Really unique business idea. You know, everyone's worried about their immune system these days. You can get vitamins and minerals infused directly through an IV by Stephen Lisa Gunn and the owners of Replenish IV Solutions. And if you can't make it to one of their Bay Area locations, they will come directly to your home or business. So a really cool idea, Replenish IV Solutions. Of course, we got real estate properties. Brandon owns the Platinum MVP team. He's a Keller Williams agent. And even though lots of folks are saying it's hard and it's competitive out there and we can't get a property, Brandon has some opportunities for you. Please get in touch with Brandon or check out ConsumerQB.com to hear any of the programs you hear pitched on the show today. Jonathan Torres, what do you got for me today? We got an opportunity for you in Tampa, uh, 3008 North Nebraska Avenue. This is about 3,600 square feet. This price has been reduced. This is a mixed-use building opportunity, about six rooms, three bathrooms, plenty of building and street parking. It's in Seminole Heights, close to 75 and 4. You can get to downtown in the Riverwalk really easily from there. So an opportunity in the, on Nebraska Avenue in Tampa, 3008 North Nebraska. Let's do one more, Jonathan. What do you got for me? Here's one in Seminole. You're looking to relocate to the Seminole area. we got a 2-3 double master layout and a waterfront dock at 14626 Lower Dawn Drive in Seminole. Fast access to the Gulf for all you fishermen. Five-minute drive to the beach. About 180-degree views of the intercoastal waterway. And the HOA covers the heated pool, tennis court, landscaping, water, and trash. Really beautiful property in Seminole. Get in touch with Brandon. Don't leave money on the table. All right. In our Salem Media Group studios is Anthony Rickman, the Rickman Law Firm. What's going on, Anthony? James, thanks for having me. Man, I, I was so uh, interested last week. We were talking about a Seminole Heights serial killer, and I did my little research on that, and I, I, I sparked my memories about cases that had gone in the past. Yeah. So we're going to visit a little bit about some of the more famous criminal cases in the state of Florida. First of all, introduce yourself again. I know you've been on the show, and everyone loves to hear you, but what about your practice, where it is, how they can get yeah. to you, what do you do? Yeah, my name is Anthony Rickman. I practice in the areas of criminal defense, a little personal injury. But the main source of my uh, business, my main practice, is criminal defense. It represents clients uh, arrested or accused of crimes under investigation in both state Florida courts, as well as federal court. I'm also um, in process of being licensed in Washington, D.C. Uh, so through my practice, I handle all types of criminal cases, anything from DUIs to first-degree murders. Um, a lot of my cases more recently have been you know, more higher-end, high-profile cases that mm-hmm. I deal with. Um, I deal with cases uh, ranging from you know, federal cases, white-collar crimes, um, the, the homicides, the sex cases, all types of cases across the board. And in your background, you worked for the state at a time? Yeah, so I was a prosecutor when I came out of law school. Um, after leaving the state attorney's office, I went into private practice. 
Um, been in private practice for about 15 years now, over 15 years now. So what are the crimes that you are seeing now? What's, what's topical? What's going on uh, in terms of what you're hearing about lately? Well, look, I tell you, we don't watch the news. There's uh, shootings are, um, are very big here in our community. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of crime going on, a lot of alleged crime going on involving homicide shootings, a lot of crimes that are sexual in nature. Obviously, we have our, our DUI cases and things like that. But recently, we've seen the string of you know a lot of more of those violent crimes here in Hillsborough County and Tampa, Florida specifically. I've heard some law enforcement jurisdictions report really increased numbers of guns on the on their taking from kids. This is spring breakers, really. This is like Miami, Lauderdale, Daytona, places that they congregate. I had a question regarding if you bring a weapon into the state of Florida and you're not a Floridian, uh, any special things about that you have to do? Yeah, I mean, be careful. Whenever you carry a firearm, especially in the state of Florida and especially across state lines, make sure that you know the rules and laws of each state. A lot of transplants will come in from other states will come with concealed weapons permits. And they'll have reciprocity here in the state of Florida, depending on what state they're from. The people who don't have concealed weapons permits, Florida is a different state than other states. As long as your firearms, for instance, in your home, you can have a gun in your house. Mm -hmm. You can have a gun in your vehicle as long as it's securely encased and within a glove compartment or somewhere that's not accessible. You can't carry that gun concealed. You can't just keep your gun under your seat. That's carrying a concealed firearm. If you have a permit, you can carry that firearm on your person. But you cannot just walk around the mall, wherever you're at, with a gun in your pocket without a concealed weapons permit. Gotcha. You can use that gun or take that gun out of your vehicle for purposes of transportation, going to a gun range, going into your home. But other than that, you can't walk around with a gun unless you have a gun license. Very specific rules regarding uh, the behavior that you're allowed to have when you're doing that. Now, the state of Florida is currently considering doing away with permitting. Is that correct? Yeah, the state of Florida is looking at other avenues to make people's rights more expanded in carrying firearms. Look, we have a very conservative state here in the state of Florida. We have a conservative court. We have a conservative governor. We have a conservative legislature. And what we see now is an expansion of gun rights, whereas consideration of allowing Florida to, in Florida, allowing you open carry your gun or mm. carry without a permit. And, you know, we're going to see these gun laws go throughout the legislature. We all see a push on the other end. And those are safe storage laws. That if you have a gun, make sure you safely store your firearm, keep it away from children and around people who know how to use that firearm. Do you think some of this stuff is going to come to a referendum that we'll be voting on some of this stuff? I think we are. I think at the end of the day, we're going to see an expansion of voting rights, especially in the next term if Governor DeSantis is reelected. I think we'll see that larger expansion of the right to carry firearms here in the state of Florida. Um, and at the end of the day, we've seen how not just the right to carry, but how you can use your gun with Florida Stand Your Ground Law. You know, We talk about right. a lot of the shootings, and I've handled a lot of shootings recently where I've been able to walk my client out of the police station, walk my client out of court, without a charge or without a conviction, based upon their right to use deadly force because they felt they were threatened. Mm-hmm. You know, recently there's been some, some shootings in downtown Tampa. There's shootings around town that I've handled personally where my clients haven't been charged. And one of the reasons is because they knew their rights. They knew that they had, they had the right to carry that firearm, and they had the right to use it that firearm in self-defense because they were in reasonable fear of death or serious bodily injury by another person. Yeah, the first time I came across uh, Stand Your Ground was the Clearwater shooting. I don't recall, yeah. recall the convenience yep. store. The gentleman was shot in the chest and bled out there in front of his wife and kids or whatever it was. Uh, and that initially, that gentleman was let go free based on the Stand Your Ground. Yeah. Uh, subsequently, he was arrested. Is that correct? Yeah, so what happened in that case, initially, the sheriff, Galtieri, chose not to charge Michael Drake, the defendant in that case, with, man, with murder. They were looking at murder, too, or manslaughter charge. And the reason he did so, he said... Based upon the video, he felt that what he saw met what he called the bookends of Stand Your Ground, meaning that there was a threat. The person who used that force perceived that threat. He thought he was going to be killed. He thought he was going to be injured seriously. And as a result of his perception, he used deadly force. And Stand Your Ground is all about perception. Mm-hmm. It's the perception of the person using that force. 
If that person believed that force was necessary to prevent serious bodily injury or death, if that person believed that force was necessary to prevent the commission of a forcible felony, then you can use deadly force. And we saw a jury acquit Curtis Reeves on that ground, on stand your ground, the, the movie theater shooter. Right. You know, everyone says you can't bring, you know, gun to a popcorn fight. And what the jury in that case determined was that he was committing a forcible felony, aggravated battery against a 75-year-old elderly person, that he put that elderly person in fear for his life or continued attack. And as a result, the shooting of the victim by, by Curtis Reed, we call him a victim, by mm-hmm. the alleged victim by Curtis Reed was justified, and he was found not guilty. Now, the difference between that and then what they went back in Clearwater and did is the perception, you said, must have changed. It did. And, and, when you, and, that's, and it's a case-by-case basis, for the perception of the person. And when you look at Draco, the case in Clearwater, Correct. what the jury considered was that reflection time. Because mm-hmm. they, right before the shot is fired, you see the victim pushing, pulling back and turning his body. Right. Distancing himself from Draco. Then Draco gets on one knee, aims, and fires. That was different than Curtis Reeves, who was a shooter in a Pasco County movie theater. Because that was a split-second decision. Within one to two seconds, perception, reaction. Mm-hmm. Popcorn, lunge, shot. As opposed to Draco, you had a time to reflect. And, in the, and what the state argues, that time to reflect caused his conscious reflection to kill and wasn't in the heat of a moment. It wasn't in the stand your ground. Boy, it seems to me that anytime an armed person is shooting an unarmed person, it's hard for me to get my head around the fact that the armed person was felt threatened and had to use deadly force. Well, look, I mean, we saw it. The first one really was Trayvon Martin. You mm-hmm. know, we saw George Zimmerman was acquitted. Now, they didn't raise a stand your ground motion, but they argued it in closing arguments. And you could be killed. You can be hurt. By fists. People get killed by by fists all the time. Curtis Reeves, he thought a cell phone was thrown at him. You can get killed by a cell phone. That's a deadly weapon. And you don't need a weapon with a weapon. It's just a perception. If you're on the ground getting beaten to a pulp, at what point in time can you protect yourself? And what the law says is that when you perceive, based upon the facts and circumstances, that your life is in danger, that you're going to be seriously injured, then you can use deadly force. You can meet force of force. You don't have to retreat. You can use that deadly force to prevent the further commission of a crime or prevent yourself from being killed or injured. Okay. Very interesting. Now, before we get into some of the more historic Florida crimes, I want you to just recap a little bit about Seminole Heights because this is, this is folks, this is right in our backyard. We've got a serial killer. We yeah. We've got a case going on right now. Well, look, I remember, uh, you know, the, the chief of police coming out and saying, we want him. We want his head. And, and they got him eventually. And, you know, we do have, you know, a real life serial killer in our backyard. And it was, remember when this was happening, people were afraid to go outside yeah. and, and what the courts have done recently, they've, they've allowed the state to strengthen their case against the killer, the alleged killer, by using collateral evidence, essentially. Crimes of all, evidence of all those other shootings in each individual case makes that case much stronger. Gotcha. Now, the case isn't separate trial yet. None of them are separate trial yet. The state is still seeking the death penalty. Um, what about our lead time on that? Are we, are we in the right zone here? It's been a while. How, what, how long do you think till we get actually action on this? I'm thinking we're seeing November. Uh, December, sometime in the fall, I anticipate this case going to trial. They're set for a status conference in June, um, but I anticipate this case going to trial sometime in the fall. When you are dealing with a death penalty case, when you are dealing with the ultimate punishment under law, the courts are going to give the teams, the defense, as well as the government, as much time as needed to prepare this case. Because, look, this is his only shot of justice for him. This is the only shot of justice for the victims. Uh, so, you know, people say, well, why is it taking so long? Right. You know, 
how long is too long for justice? And that's, you know, that's an important question Understood. on both sides of the aisle. Absolutely. It's just that our news cycle is so ridiculously fast these days that until you broach the subject of the seminal, it is actually out of mind for me. I totally let it, let that go. Well, it is not like nothing else is happening around here. Yeah. I mean, it's a, every day you put on the news, there's a, there's a new story. I mean, people are, you know, January 6th, that seemed like that right. was all we heard all the time. And now that was over a year ago. We're yeah. talking about going into the two years from that. So much going on. We're going to come back and visit more with Anthony Rickman. We're going to get into, like I said, the, a lot of these Florida cases. You'll recall some of these, and we've got some interesting details on that. I got a feel-good story for you. Plus, don't forget about Justin Kelly. He was on the show last week. We found out about CFP Mortgage, where it came from, what it's all about. He's going to visit with us today. So anyone out there looking for a house, I know is very competitive. Take a listen to Justin. We can help you get into a home ownership. Don't go anywhere. This is the Consumer Quarterback. This is work done, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show, hosted by my man, Brandon Rhymes. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon Rhymes here for Cleaning Commandos here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Cleaning Commandos are hiring, and they're offering competitive wages, flexible hours, relaxed atmosphere, and a sign-on bonus. Reach out if you'd like a career with the Cleaning Commandos here in Tampa Bay. Info at CleaningCommandosLLC.com or call 813-750-0550, 813-750-0550, Cleaning Commandos, Consumer Quarterback Show. Hey, Brandon Rhymes here. We are looking for real estate investors. We've got a new relationship bringing us a tremendous amount of off-market real estate investment opportunities. So text the word investor to our hotline, 813-750-0550. Off-market real estate investment opportunities. Text investor to 813-750-0550. Brandon Rhymes here, Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. Looking for real estate investors. Send us a text. Have you desired more income and more freedom in your life? Now is your time. Keller Williams Realty has just launched our own real estate school, and you can get licensed for free. I'm Brandon Rhymes, host of the Consumer Quarterback Show, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. And for the first three people who reach out, I will personally coach you. 813-917-1894. Call or text 813-917-1894. ConsumerQB.com. ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at consumerqb.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-917-1894. That's right. Get in touch with Brandon Rhymes, and you'll be able to see some of the great properties that we pitch on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Jonathan is going to throw up a property now. We're going to take a look at some of these. Even in this time of real estate scarcity, we've got some opportunities for you in this market. So get in touch with Brandon or check us out online if you want to see any of the properties. Here's one in Tampa at 14663 Village Glen. Two bed, two and a half bath, about 1,950 square feet in the Carrollwood Village area. Outdoor pool and kitchen, covered lanai, outdoor shower. Master bath features jacuzzi, tub, sauna, and a tanning bed. Gourmet-style kitchen was designed by local restaurateur, so a lot of extras in that house. 14663 Village Glen. If you want to get into Carrollwood, do that. And here's one in Tampa, 4220 West Pearl, about 1,200 square feet building, mixed use, about a, more than half an acre lot on the corner. So a lot of parking and a way for you to uh, open a business. Great opportunity for relocating a contractor, maybe another kind of business. 
into the Tampa area, 4220 West Pearl Avenue. Again, don't leave money on the table. Get in touch with Brandon. Land, commercial, residential. He still has some opportunities for you out there. And we got a sponsor for this segment, Golf Cart Depot, Discovery Golf Cars. You know, all these guys have golf cars. They love buying them. To, they think they're going to drive around their neighborhood and use it to walk the dog or something. The kids take them. So the kids are pulling each other on skateboards all over the place. They're having a great time. If you need a golf cart, get in touch with Discovery Golf Cars. They've got all your golf cart needs covered. All right, Anthony Rickman's visiting us today in our Salem Media Group studios. We're talking about some interesting cases. We refreshed a little bit on the Seminole Heights serial killer case, some things that, as that's going to open in the future here. It, re- it reminded me of some of the more famous Florida cases. Uh, you know, of course, Florida has a reputation for being a little crazy out there, but the rest of the nation thinks. Oh, look, being a criminal defense attorney in Florida is probably the greatest job in the world. <laughs> I don't tell you. I mean, every time that phone rings, there's always an adventure on the other end. You never know what you're going to get. So they're coming up with a series now called Florida Man Murders. They're going to do all. They're going to revisit some of the criminal history of our state and talk about it on on these different TV shows. And that just, it just ranks some of the bigger ones. I wanted to get your impression of what you recall about the Anthony case, Casey Anthony, and of course uh, Kaylee Anthony was the deceased. Uh, that was a really bizarre situation. It went televised and lots of hype around that. Oh man, it was bizarre all the way around. Uh, bizarre on the government, state of Florida, how they approached the case. Even more bizarre on how the defense attorney defended the case. I, mean, I remember watching it with all of my colleagues, and this guy is crazy. I can't believe he's throwing his kitchen sink defense. He's throwing it all out there, and it was, and it worked for him. Mm. I mean, Jose Baez, he got the guy made a, a name for himself in trying this case. Now he's a, he speaks in Har- at Harvard. He's a lecturer at Harvard. I'm like, this is the worst defense <laughs> I've ever seen in my life, and it worked. And sometimes you never know what a jury's going to think. I mean, you look at Casey Anthony. I think everybody you know who who knows about this case was very shocked at, at the right. result. And that's everybody who really wasn't in the know in their legal system because, you know, to, to prove what they charged her with, with the premeditated, with the first-degree murder, it is such a high burden because they wanted to execute. That mm-hmm. was their thing. Right. We want to kill her, and the only way we can do it is charge her with premeditated murder. And what the government did in, in, this, in that case, they overreached. They charged her with what they believed happened as opposed to what they could prove. Mm. And had they charged her with something less, aggravated manslaughter of a child, had they charged with aggravated child abuse, felony murder on the grounds that she committed aggravated child abuse by poisoning or drugging her child, then I think she's convicted and she's sitting in prison for the rest of her life. So she's life at that point. Exactly. But they went for the home run mm. when they could have had an in-the-park home run or uh, or maybe a triple. Um, you know, The state went for this big hit charge right. without the evidence supporting what they charged. You know, A lot of times prosecutors do that. They charge high saying, okay, you know what? Maybe the jury will come back with the lesser included. If they don't come back murder one, they got to at least come back manslaughter. Well, in this case, the defense went for the home run as well, mm. and they got it. They hit it out of the park. Wow! You know, with a little bit of luck, in my opinion, because um, it really wasn't you know as much skill as as it, he wanted you to believe, wanted them to believe. Of course, Ted Bundy, one of the most famous, uh, you know, Florida murders. Uh, I was not in school at the time, but this actually Ted Bundy and his murder spree in Tallahassee was the impetus. For Danny Rowling to do the same thing in Gainesville. So another case that's on here is the Danny Rowling murder spree. I happened to be in the media in Gainesville at the time of that. And I can tell you, the town, I never, I've never seen a, a town gripped in fear like that. Law enforcement from all over, not just Florida, but the nation, descended on Gainesville to provide more security. Because this guy was, they were finding bodies every day or two, and it was up to seven at one point. And like I said, the school had suspended operations. The town was a ghost town except for law enforcement. Hell's Angels were now driving through on bikes, you know, providing security yeah. for people. And my friend who owned a pawn shop sold every single weapon of any kind that he had in 24 hours. I mean, just the hype, the, 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 the insanity around that whole thing. Boy, it was something else. No, it's scary. And you look at like Ted Bunny, for instance, he got caught by a fluke. I mean, right. It was a traffic stop. And the next thing you know, they have Ted Bundy and represents himself and gets electrocuted and uh, gets electrocuted. 
amazing to think about how much came out of out of Florida itself. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about our little circle. I mean, in Hillsborough County, everything seems you know we there's always a Hillsborough connection <laughs> to something or or somewhere in our in our proximity. Well, the crazy thing you mentioned there about Bundy and the accidental way he was apprehended, Danny Rowling's. Uh, campsite was discovered by the police in fact they took the items his items into possession and on those he used to sing every night on a guitar and record himself singing about the murders and they never listened to the cassette that was in the radio that they had possession of for months where he had detailed what he had done in a song that he was singing they had it recorded on a cassette in their possession in evidence but did not know it till later on it's absolutely crazy and you know that as we talk about these serial killers they all have their their thing they all have something that they take as a souvenir they're doing it for that motivation as opposed to to a mass murderer who's just doing it for the sake of doing it. And, you know, and, and here you talk about the Seminole Heights. There, there really hasn't been that motive. We really haven't seen yeah. it other than he's got mental health issues. What motivated? What was his thing? Absolutely. You know, the victims were so random. There was someone shot at a bus stop. There was no connection necessarily between him and the victims. I, I, that made it more scary for me. There was no way to see what this guy was doing. No way. You know, you people were walking their dogs. It wasn't race-based. It wasn't on, you know, any yeah. particular subsect. And, now, that's what made it scary, but also it made it interesting of why the court ruled and how they ruled. Because the defense argued that in their motion that they lost recently. They won at the state level, but lost an appeal. And they said, look, these are random yeah. crimes. There's, you know, They may have used the same gun, but really, other than the same gun and the same general geographic location, there really isn't that commonality that we mm-hmm. see in, in serial killer cases. Yeah, I was looking for some connection between the victims and him, and there was no regular connection. No, other than the area. And right. it, it, that's what's really, really just odd about it. Okay, another one on the list is Eileen Warnos. I don't know if she's had a film made about her. I, the only reason this one struck me is so odd because I was uh, she had done crimes on the interstate through a number of jurisdictions in Florida. So she had to report to each and every courthouse throughout the state of Florida. And some of these uh, were country roads, little country towns. And I was left alone as a videographer, a young videographer, in, a, in an evidence room with, with her, known the angel of death. And she's coming at me, looking, screaming at me like, what are you doing? This is untrue. The media coverage is false. And I'm, I got a little scared. <laughs> I'm backpedaling, recording the whole thing. But I just recall... That feeling of being alone with somebody accused of that level of crime and the, the way it makes you feel. Oh, yeah. I and mean, you know, what's not on this list is the Shakespeare, is the uh, Abraham Shakespeare murder, mm-hmm. the lottery killing murder. I mean, that was big news. This this guy who wins the lottery wins all, you know, $27 million, oh, takes $12 million as a lump sum settlement, has this woman come into his life, Dee Moore, takes over his finances, kills him, makes his elaborate story about where he is, what he's doing, you know, starts faking phone calls, having people fake phone calls. Then tells a guy where his body's buried. They dig it up in the backyard in, in Plant City. Wow. Then she goes and gives her own press conference, thinking she can get out of it. And, you know, you talk about that. Right. I mean, that is one of the big ones that, that's in our own backyard. It's stunning that people get the idea that they're going to just lie. And they're so good. They're such a good actor or actress that everyone's going to buy this. Uh, it's a lot like the Joe Exotic, the last one here. I don't know the yeah. whole story behind it, but it's so public and so ridiculous. Yeah, free Joe Exotic. I mean, look, <laughs> Joe Exotic was, is Joe Exotic because of COVID. I mean, he, he should thank China for uh, for what happened yeah. to him. because yeah, that thing took off. It took off. It, it's just the whole story behind him, the story about the setup, the story about the you know him going to prison, trying to get out of prison. It's just it really is. It has a, a life of its own. I haven't watched part season two yet. It's a... I'm going to skip down to the Adam Walsh kidnapping because I was a kid at the time in South Florida, and this kind of spawned the whole TV show. His father, yeah. remember the whole thing? I remember growing up, my mom told me not to uh, walk around shopping malls by myself. Yeah. I always I mean, thought Adam Walsh's son was found without a head. Such a story. Horrible. Yeah, yeah, everybody was stunned, and that really spawned that whole To Catch a Predator mentality TV show series that his father got involved with. Yeah. 
All right, about one minute left to go. I want everyone to know where you where you are, how to yep. get to you, and what what do they need to know about Anthony Rickman? So, look, my name is Anthony Rickman. I own the Rickman Law Firm. Anyone, you know, I represent all clients charged charged or accused of crimes. You know, one of the things we didn't talk about what I see now recently, especially if your audience of fraud cases. Mm. Uh, I see a lot of mortgage fraud, PPP loan fraud yeah, yeah. is something that I see a lot in my practice, but you know, in federal court. Uh, state court fraud is not, you know, as far as a lie on an application, you don't have to get the money, you have to get the loan. The fraud is, is the, is the misrepresentation. Yeah. And I see a lot of that. And, uh, and the government is really cracking down on fraud cases. Um, you know, frauds, violent crimes, any type of crimes, call me. I'll give you a free consultation. 813-999-0502. Uh, therickmanlawfirm.com. Therickmanlawfirm.com. Check them out. Also, don't forget about our feel-good story. The world's oldest dog is right here in Florida. Wait till you hear that. A great story about that. And, of course, coming up right now, Justin Kelly is right here in our Salem Media Group studios. If you folks are looking for a home, you want to get into home ownership, we can help you. Don't go anywhere. This is the Consumer Quarterback. This is Chris Voss, former FBI lead hostage negotiator and owner of the Black Swan Group. And you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rack. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894, online at ConsumerQB.com. listening to the consumer quarterback brandon rhymes cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in tampa bay online at consumerqb.com that's right consumerqb.com a great resource for all our listeners and viewers out there you can check out some of the expert contributors as well as our sponsors we have a great sponsor for this segment it's veteran gutters uh, Brandon Porter is a veteran himself, and he employs an entire uh, crew of veterans. And if you need gutters put on your home, uh, get in touch with Brandon Porter, veteran gutters. I really feel like the value is uh, kind of come soon because this rainy season's coming, and this water is going to be coming off your roof, just pounding the side of your foundation. And you want to be able to direct that away from your house. So get in touch with Brandon Porter, get some gutters on your house, and extend that life of that home. It is your biggest investment. And we've got a property to look at. Speaking of real estate, of course, Brandon owns the Platinum MVP team. He is a Keller Williams agent. In the Tampa Bay area, John's going to throw up a property here, 141 Highland Avenue in Dunedin. This is a 1,000-square-foot building, three bedrooms, one bath, fully renovated home near downtown Dunedin. Just put new roof and gutters on, new plumbing, new kitchen appliances, countertops, oak hardwood flooring, two blocks from TD Ballpark where the Blue Jays play. So Dunedin area, 141 Highland Avenue, brand new. Get in touch with Brandon. Don't leave money on the table. We've still got opportunities for you, even in this time of real estate scarcity. Right now, in our Salem Media Group studios, Justin Kelly is here. Justin, you were just on the show last time we learned about the genesis for CPF. Just remind everyone what CPF is all about. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, uh, CPF Mortgage was named after my brother, Christopher Paul Kelly. And, um, you know, he was served in the Marine Corps and later on in law enforcement. We lost him at a young age. And so I thought, uh, you know, he loved serving his community, um, loved helping people. So who better to name the company after? Really him? cool. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, we actually formed the company in 2007, but, um, you know, I've been in the industry for 20 years now. Wow. So you went through a couple of the different stages. We've seen Florida do a lot of crazy stuff in the last 20 years. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about that. Now, speaking of crazy, 
this condo collapsed. I've, I've often thought when I heard about this initially, just horrific. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine being in your home and all of a sudden you're plummeting? Uh, how about having grandparents or senior family members in a Surfside condominium and have this kind of thing happen? And then the unexpe- or the anxiety about will this happen again? Why did this happen? What have we learned since that time or what have you brought to us today about that information wise? Well, it, it appears that, you know, a lot of these buildings across the country, not just uh, in Florida, but across the country, were built in the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s. So we've, we're, we're getting some age on them. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's important that the condo associations are making sure that maintenance, proper maintenance is, is not being deferred. Right. And, so just briefly, if this was a bridge or some kind of public uh, – facility there's laws in place that the state goes in and does this kind of routine maintenance all the time it's critical that it gets done when the homeowner has to pay for this thing in the condominium world it becomes something that it becomes a burden on them maybe they don't want they can't all agree and that's how we push it down the road yeah absolutely i mean listen you've got when it comes to a condo association you have a, a condo board Typically, they're made up of residents, and you know they have to make decisions based on maintenance requirements mm. for the building, and that can be very tough when you're talking about structural issues or serious deferred maintenance that you know hasn't been accounted for over the years in uh, the reserve account. So you get these uh, situations where it's been pushed down the road, right? And um, perhaps even on new owners, you know, ownership can change, and you come into a building that's already had this in place and. This is a new situation for you. A- absolutely. And and that's one of the things that I think we're learning from this is, you know, anybody looking to purchase a condo, you should really be asking the right questions. You should be getting the minutes of the meeting from, uh, you know, the board of directors for at least the last 12 months because right. you're going to see in there what are the discussions that have been happening. Um, is there deferred maintenance? Was it voted on? And uh, you're going to be able to see if there's any what's called special assessments coming down the road for that, that an owner is going to be responsible for. Well, that is really critical and kind of a blind spot that I think folks don't see. If they see a great property at a price that they like and it's in a place they want to live, man, they just don't consider the fact that this HOA and the idea of working together as a team with your other homeowners is critical because that's going to set the actual money that you're, you're owed in the future. Yeah, there no doubt about that. I mean, on a, you talk about a single-family residence, right? You Typically, you're going to have a home inspection done on that. Right. And, you know, a home inspector is going to go in there and they're going to look at all systems and take a look at the structure and make sure there's nothing that's popping out. Well, you know, when it comes to a condo, you know, what takes place there is, is there a structural side to inspections? And that's what's being talked about right now as far as, you know, maybe potentially putting some type of mandate in place where that's required. Gotcha. So you're talking about some new requirements coming to the condo world. Yeah, no doubt about that, especially if you're getting a loan. Um, Any type of conventional financing right now, they are paying special and close attention to the condo questionnaire, which is required when you're getting a loan. And they're going to look to see if there is anything noted about deferred maintenance. And they're also going to require some comments being put in, whether there is or is not deferred maintenance. We're finding it a little hard and a lot of uh, condo management associations are not wanting to fill that information. Yeah, I can imagine. Wow. You know, state of Florida uniquely positioned with this one because we have a lot of folks living in vertical condominiums along the coast. Uh, I can't think probably no other state and perhaps New York has that, you know, with the corporate side, but as far as residential, man, we have a ton of folks living stacked up like that along the coast. We do along the coast, especially. And you got to think, you know, in Florida, we've got, you know, we've got the salt water. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, factors that will deteriorate structures. And so you've got to be, you know, these are things that are now coming to light and we're starting to identify them. And so hopefully we can, you know, come to resolution on it right now. But in terms of protecting borrowers um, and buyers, you know, we're Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac has stepped in and said, hey, here's new requirements. We need to make sure 
there's no deferred maintenance. And if there are issues, we need to make sure they're not structural in nature. You know, as a, as a mortgage guy, I imagine you see all different kinds of folks. Some folks moving to Florida to retire, they're, they're scaling down. Some folks coming from a first home, you know, building a family, moving up. What is the thing, what, what are trends that you see now in terms of, uh, I know we have a lot of out-of-state folks looking. Uh, I assume they all want single-family homes in space. If they can't, how's the condo sales been going at relative to single-family homes? You know, surprisingly well. I mean, it, pretty much everything is moving right now. Um, so, you know, it, it becomes a, a situation now where if you're if somebody's not paying if somebody's paying cash, um, you know, they may not be looking at these items mm-hmm. closely. Whereas if they're getting a loan right now, we as the mortgage yeah, company we're are we're forced to make sure that, you know, some of these items are, are at least addressed and or concerns are, are, are looked at, you know, through the condo questionnaire process. Boy, in this competitive market with folks from out of state, sometimes doing cash bids without even seeing on-site inspection of the property, boy, you open yourself up to this kind of thing. Yeah, you, you certainly do. And that's that's the bigger concern is people who are paying cash later on, you know, what are the repercussions for this? Are they going to see these large assessments now that there's an eyeball on this and we're looking at this stuff? You know, are there going to be federal mandates for structural integrity inspections? And what is the cost going to be to residents that, Mm -hmm. you know, that those properties may need those repairs and or structural, um, you know, items looked at and addressed? Tons of investors, everybody, of course, putting pressure on the market here. I love to think about the the guy who's built buying his first home. It must be rewarding for you as a mortgage guy to put somebody into their first home, see a family kind of get settled in. I hope that doesn't go away with all the competitive pricing that's going on down here. It, you know, it doesn't. It, it really is the best part of, of the job is it helping people with their first home, but it, it doesn't stop there. It's, it's also helping the family that, you know, has to move because, uh, you know, a school change happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they need to move neighborhoods and and they're just so thankful that they're able to, you know, be able to sell their home in this environment and then simultaneously close on the next one on time. So there's no skip and a beat of, you know, their lifestyle. So they're able to move quickly. So it's, it's a joy no matter what. Yeah, that is so valuable. You know, a lot of folks, I've, of course, as a Floridian, no matter what condition your property's in, you've probably been approached by someone offering to buy your house. It's odd that you get in your mailbox every day. All residents are getting this. And when you consider, boy, that seems like a great where do I go though? Everyone says, well, where am I going to go? If you don't have a mortgage person or a realtor helping you, that next move, like you talked about, it's, it's, it's a sale and a move. Yep, definitely. And that's the biggest concern, I think, with most people that own a home now. It's like, all right, if I sell this home, how, what is that process? How, what does it look like? How do I get to my next house? Especially if I need to get a loan, there's just a lot of moving parts that mm-hmm. are in there. And so that's why it's important to you know, work with an independent mortgage broker and a great uh, realtor or agent to help put that process together. For any specific programs or anything that you've seen lately or any rule changes that are going to happen or anything that program-wise? I know vets get a great deal in the state of Florida. You have some veteran programs for veterans? Absolutely. I mean, VA always has really, really good benefits. And, and you know, it's 100% financing, uh, you know, no down payment required. And, um, you know, it's it's something that every veteran, if you're going to purchase a home and you need a loan, that's the first thing you should look at, an option you should review for sure. Yeah, I feel like uh, everybody should want to get into home ownership because you guys don't realize the rents are just as bad now. I, I live in the North Tampa area. There's a lot of university students clustered around the USF area. Well, that they found housing for years and years. All of a sudden, it's 1900 a single bedroom. So people are stunned that, that this has happened, but it's made the rental issues, it made, it's made renting just as difficult or more so. Uh, hey, there's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm living it right now. My daughter is graduating high school and going to FAU. And so I'm mm-hmm. looking and seeing exactly what rents are and, 
what dorm fees are and all of this. So I'm, 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 I'm living it right now. Yeah. So if you're out there renting, get in touch with Justin, find out what's available. It's a process. I understand it's competitive. You may get disappointed because your first, first house you see, you don't get, stay with it and realize that this is the way you're going to build some wealth and some equity. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, I, I think I've, I mentioned this on the last episode, but you know, the interest rate on rent is a hundred percent, you know, it just is. So Absolutely. building equity is important. Absolutely. Okay. Justin Kelly's in our studios. We're going to talk more about some, some, some different ideas, some programs out there. I had an arm. I had, I suggested, I had a mortgage guy suggest an arm for me. We're going to discuss, I didn't even know what I was getting into. So Justin's here. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the different things uh, in terms of your adjustable rate versus a fixed. And of course, Justin owns a dog and two, in fact, Two dogs, two golden doodles. So a great story coming up about the Guinness Book of World Records' oldest dog. He's right here living in Florida. His name is Toby Keith. I'm going to introduce you to him when we come back. Don't go anywhere. This is the Consumer Quarterback. Hey, this is Grant Cardone, and you've been listening to the phenomenal Brandon Rhymes, the Consumer Quarterback Show. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894, online at ConsumerQB.com. Hey, Brandon Rhymes here. We are looking for real estate investors. We've got a new relationship bringing us a tremendous amount of off-market real estate investment opportunities. So text the word investor to our hotline, 813-750-0550. Off-market real estate investment opportunities. Text investor to 813-750-0550. Brandon Rhymes here, Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. Looking for real estate investors. Send us a text. You're listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-917-1894. That's right. Give Brandon a call. You can find out some of these great properties that we pitch here on The Consumer Quarterback Show or get in touch with the sponsors for our program. Or meet our expert contributors, just like Justin Kelly. We've got a sponsor for this pro, this segment, rather. It's Brothers Easy Moving, the official moving company of the Consumer Quarterback Show. These guys moved Brandon into his new home. They they worked well after dark, and I thought, man, these guys are earning it. They are the official moving sponsor from now, from now on. And these guys, local long distance, tons of five-star reviews. That is the best moving company out there, Brothers Easy Moving. Call them for all your moving needs. Of course, we mentioned Brandon owns the Platinum MVP team as a Keller Williams agent. Lots of real estate talk on the show and a property for you. Last property of the show. What do you got for me, John? Let's take a look. One in Port Ritchie. So the Ebb Tide, 4823 Ebb Tide Lane in Port Ritchie, about 1,098 square feet, one bedroom, two bath, your own penthouse suite. 270 degree views. That is really cool. Right on the river with views of the Gulf as well. New flooring, fresh paint, covered parking, a pool, and an elevator in Port Ritchie. Again, wow, great views. Get in touch with Brandon if you're looking to get in the Port Ritchie area. He's got a property for you at 4823 Ebtide Lane. Really cool. All right, before the break, I had told you about the oldest dog in the, in the world, actually. He lives right here in Florida. He's a Florida dog named Toby Keith. He's from Green Acres. Okay, so... 
This dog, it's a story about South Florida woman and her dog, only this dog happens to be a world record holder. 21-year-old Toby Keith, a chihuahua from Green Acres, has earned the record. When Toby turned 20, his owner, uh, Gisela Shore, thought he might be headed for something historic. It took her six months to verify, but finally got Toby Keith confirmed as the Guinness Book of World Records' oldest living dog on the planet. She says, we have a huge bond. I can't imagine my life without him. Uh, she needed to submit photos, videos, medical and vaccine records, but it's all worth it. Congratulations. Keep pouring in. She thought it was very fun and thrilling. So many people are calling to congratulate me. She says, it's awesome. <laughs> when asked what her secret to success in helping Toby Keith live so long, she said it's a mix of good old exercise, good diet, and plenty of love around the house. What a cool story. Everyone loves their dogs. Tell me about your dogs, Justin. Well, they're certainly not 147 years old in dog years. <laughs> I can tell you that. But, I, you know, my, my one golden doodle, his name's Huck. Uh, he's a couple years old. He's, right. got, he's got a very, he's got a different kind of personality. And But you must have liked him because you went right back to the well. I did, one. I did. I went right back to the well. But, the, you know, my new one, Dixie, she's uh, almost a year. Completely different personality. No kidding. Know? Yeah, completely. Couldn't be different dogs. Man, pets just help uh, your life. They just make your life so full. So we love stories about pets. We want everyone out there to take a active role in getting a pet and supporting our, our humane society and all our shelters out there. All right, I had mentioned I was very naive as a new homeowner. I had I was in coaching, and I had a kid who coached, played for me, rather, got into mortgage business. And he got me a con. We did a condo deal, and it worked. Seemed great. And he suggested an arm to me. Of course, I did had no idea what that was. And I, I he said, "Well, your payment's going to be locked, fixed." And sounds great. Tell me what, about what I didn't see in, in, in an arm. I mean, it sounds like just from the conversation we had that it, it's potential is potentially a negatively amortizing loan is mm-hmm. what you had, or a pick a pay loan is what they used to call them uh, back prior to two thousand eight. Okay. And uh, these were loans that were. They were adjustable in nature, but even more so, they were almost like making minimum payments on a credit card. So you you weren't even making the minimum interest payment and that, you know, whatever was remaining as far as interest was just piling right on the back of the loan. So So um, you felt like when it comes to your monthly payment going down, there's the good news. I just saved you a bunch of money, says to me. Okay. Right. I, I don't know. Sure. But then come sale time. Not so much. Right. Yeah, that's the other side of it, right? We go to sell it and you're like, you know, I borrowed 150 yet I owe 165. How did that happen? Right. So, you know, those types of loans are what kind of put, uh, you know, a lot of people in a position in 2008 where they lost their homes and things like that. Well, that's why we're directing you to get in touch with Justin Kelly at CPF because you're going to need some information, some knowledge. Not everybody, this is not something you study in school. Uh, unfortunately, I had a big blind spot. I, like I said, I, I studied uh, t- communication and was in TV and radio and had no idea yeah. what I was getting into in the finance world when it comes to real estate. Most people don't, you know, and you have you have options out there now. And and, and loan programs are, I would consider, uh, more responsible now um, in nature. And, and so, you know, you've got now the definition of an adjustable rate mortgage mm-hmm. and a fixed mortgage has somewhat changed. Um, but, you know, a, an adjustable rate mortgage by definition is fixed for a short, shorter period of time and then goes into an adjustment period. And, Why uh, would that be beneficial? What what kind of homeowner or what position would you be in when that makes sense to you? Absolutely. Uh, so there's some questions you need to ask yourself, right? First, how long are you going to be in the house? Um, if if you come and you say, hey, listen, I've got a five-year plan where I want to upgrade my house and, and I'm going to be selling this property, then it might make sense for you to take a look at a, a five-year fixed adjustable rate mortgage. Okay. Um, if you're going to be in there for 10 years, you can look at a 10 year adjustable or fixed, uh, or adjustable rate that's fixed for the first 10 years. Mm. Um, you know, at the same point in time, as you're analyzing somebody, you need to make sure you're hedging yourself. So we always make sure that we're qualifying people at what is called the fully indexed rate. Okay. Uh, and the fully indexed rate is essentially the rate that they're starting at and the potential highest 
price point as far as the rate goes fully indexed. Okay. And so we always make sure we qualify people based off of that. And uh, that way we know if, if something happens, you end up staying in the property, you can't pay it off earlier, you can't refinance, at least we know that the you know where that interest rate is going to go to its highest point, you're still going to qualify. I got you. I, I, what is the index so far? Uh, so, so far, it, it's uh, it's the current index at which things are are measured, and it's the, it's the benchmark for adjustable rate mortgages. Okay. It used to be the LIBOR, the London Banking uh, Interbanking Interest Rate, and uh, they found some manipulation in that uh, a few years ago because um, it was based on future uh, activity as far as lending activity. So mm-hmm. in 2008, when it, lending activity between banks kind of dried up and liquidity dried up, uh, they found that that could be manipulated. So they actually changed it over oh. to the SOFAR, which is the Secured Overnight Financing Rate. Um, and it's based on actual transactions that are happening between banks in real time. And so uh, it's a it's a much what I would consider a much more reliable indicator. So more secure, less uh, monkey business, less less people able to manipulate. It's so far that's what you know is being said. Yeah, and 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 that's what it looks like, and that's what they're basing the adjustable uh, rates off of. And in periods when let's say your first five years is fixed, and you go into an adjustment period, typically it's every six months. They'll take a look and adjust the interest rate. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to look at the SOFAR uh, index, and they're going to base the, any increases and or decreases off of that index. Let's talk about some of the real responsible homeowners out there who have kept up with their payments, and they're in a position to actually pay off their mortgage if they wanted to. Does it make sense for them to immediately do that as soon as they're able to, or is there some strategy behind waiting and making all your payments? Yeah, so it depends, right? I mean, everybody's strategy is different. And what we'll take a look at is right now we try to put people in the position where they can pay it off sooner. We're looking at people that are, you know, started in a 30-year and they're they're sitting at 27, 24 years. And we analyze their income and determine, hey, listen, you, you've got a lot of room here. And if we move this down and, and adjust your term to 15 years, not only are you cutting off all those years of interest, right. but you're going to be in a position uh, when it comes time for retirement to potentially have your house paid off about five years before you retire and then just allocate the last five years of your income towards your your retirement accounts. So we know it's an appreciable asset. So we know it's going to continue to make money or at least to have value. So the idea that taking full ownership of it, it really, I can't see a risk. Am I, am I blind to that? No, not at all. I mean, listen, obviously not having a mortgage is is the ultimate goal sure. for, for every American, right? So uh, putting you in the position to do that, that's what we want to look at doing and trying to help people to, uh, you know, achieve that goal. Okay. So our market, you know, we, we we're so busy down here. Anything on the horizon that you see changing or any rates ticking this way or that way? Tell me what's going on in the future. Listen, the market right now, I will say rates are moving. They've been moving uh, pretty fast and hard upward in the last, uh, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. Okay. And so, you know, we're, we're advising people, if you've been sitting on the fence, you've been looking at homes, you've been pre-qualified, you're out there and you're looking, now may be the time to lock your interest rate in and and find that property and uh, try to get to closing on it. And like I said, even if you're out there renting and, you're, and you think you're in a great situation, what about just getting qualified? And that's the most important part, right? It's it's the first step. And, and so often we see people that start the process by looking at homes. Right. And, you know, they find their dream house only to find out that their income and assets and, and, and debts don't allow them to qualify for that type of property. So really the first step is understanding exactly what you qualify for and how much house you can buy. Mm-hmm. That way you're making sure you're looking in the right area and you don't go falling in love with something that you really can't afford. 
Yeah, I can tell you back when things were crazy, when it was the Wild West down here in 08 or whatever, I had people approach me like, why don't you just buy a million? You know, why, why, What's the problem? Why don't you just get a million dollar house? It just never felt real to me. Like, wh- how would I afford that? You know? Right. Yeah. And, and that was the question back then. Right. <laughs> and ultimately, we saw the result in that right? right? with those loan programs that didn't require any income verification or you stated a certain income and, and you know, the person really didn't have that. Income, right. So. Absolutely crazy. So we've put some safeguards in place since that time, and we don't feel like this current situation is a bubble at all. We feel like this is this is something that's growing as our population increases, as the needs increase, supply and demand. I mean, right now the numbers, you know, if you're analytical, you go back to the numbers. It looks as though we have underbuilt since 2008. We mm. weren't, you know, it just wasn't popular to be building houses yes. back then, and for quite some time. So, you know, it's it looks as though we've we've underbuilt, and so now we're we're kind of you know, paying the consequences here where we've got an aging population of millennials that are, you know, they're coming to the, the perfect home buying age right. and there just isn't enough inventory at this point. I wonder if this, uh, you know, the competition for, for housing in the state of Florida will influence the amount of retirees, snowbirds, that kind of thing. Will we see our, our density or our, our demographics of our population change a little bit? That's the big question, right? Because uh, retirees, I mean, put them in the position right now where most of them probably have their house paid off. Um, they're sitting in a home that they've owned for, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, if they're going to be selling their property right now and staying in Florida, what does that look like for them right. with all the property, you know, price appreciation? And that mm-hmm. may be also contributing to the lack of inventory out there. So you you can help folks get into new homes, uh, condos, get in touch with Justin. Justin, what do you think? I mean, give us some ideas of what Tampa Bay has to offer in terms of our housing. Why is it? It's, so popular. Everybody wants to come down here. It's, it's it's our location. Talk about some of the things that you sell or that people tell you when they want to move down here. I mean, the the biggest thing we're seeing right now is with transplants is the fact that, it, you know, we've gone to a work from home model. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also had a lot of industry moving down here to the Tampa Bay area. Yep. There's just there's there's countless tech companies and, and just opportunity for people. And so we're seeing that as the main driver of out of state residents coming to, to live in Florida. And we certainly want to encourage everybody, you know, not just because Brandon is a realtor and owns the Platinum MVP team, but because traditionally real estate has been the way that folks build wealth and start to accrue some some wealth and, and get things going for their family. So this is a great opportunity. Justin, we're closing up the show here. I want to thank you for coming in. How do folks get in touch with you, and what do you want your last message to be for listeners out there? Yeah, super simple. So go to our website at cpfloans.com, or you can call us directly at 727-226-1040. And I just want individuals to know out there, make sure you're working with an independent mortgage broker or independent mortgage company. It's really important. They got your best uh, intentions in mind. That's right. And they give you optionality. They'll shop around and find the best thing just customized for you. I want to thank Justin for coming in and sharing that information with us. Of course, Anthony Rickman from the Rickman Law Firm was here today. We had some great discussions about that. And we introduced you to Toby Keith, the world's oldest dog. He's a Floridian. He lives right here in Green Acres. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Consumer Quarterback Show. You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Call Brandon Rhymes at 813-917-1894. That's 813-917-1894. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show.